0: The phone conversation between fantasy veterans bob harris and mount waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players units or teams from sunday's games feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation not the ability effort or character of the player this is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover
1: in a little time Good morning, Matt Waldman. Hope all is well with you. Hope all is well with everyone out. You know, we're going to speak about the NFL and fantasy football in irreverential ways right now. But that doesn't mean not uh, mindful of the day and the price paid for the freedom we have. So I hope everyone out there is celebrating in their own way. But please take a moment to think about the sacrifices made uh, on your behalf over the course of time. And with that out of the way, we will continue being irreverential. Right, Matt?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I mean, I'm just curious, uh, you know, moving on into this. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins apparently was in the news on Friday. So, you know, where you, where, where do you think we ought to go with this guy?
1: Well, let's start out, you know, there, so there's, a, you know, the reporting has been that, uh, you know, the two teams most interested that were making an effort to get a trade done were the Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. So let's start there. <clears throat> Both of them, by the way, scared off by the contract. And we'll get into the Arizona ramifications of this because they are, you know – Interesting that they did not use the post-June 1 designation on him. Uh, it says some things about where they're going. But let's let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins as a Kansas City Chief. You feeling that?
0: No, I think that's a fuck it because I just don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to free up enough money to get him. And then on top of that, they're really high on Kadarius Toney. Now, in six months, we may look at back on that and laugh ruefully about the idea that Kadarius Toney was was going to be a thing knowing that you know as talented as he is um you know there's some issue there's been some issues there with immaturity with being able to stay healthy that kind of thing this feels like Kadarius tony could be like lucy with the football for charlie brown if we're not careful but at the same time everyone chases the kansas city chiefs offense because they look at the passing they look at the pie and they say, this is a really big pie. The problem is Andy Reid cuts it into basically three or four s- slices, giant slices for Travis Kelsey, giant slice for Patrick Mahomes, giant slice for the the wide receiver one, basically. And so I just don't think, I don't think Patrick, you know, we they've chased McCole Hardman, we've chased Demarcus Robinson, we've chased Sammy Watkins, we've chased um, Skyler Moore. I think that at this point we should probably just hold off on the chase there and say this is just big three, three, three to four big slices of pie, and not try to subdivide it
1: any other way. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And so just in general, I mean, so let's say on the off chance that that DeAndre Hopkins does land there. Would that what would be would just be a concern for you for Travis Kelsey to some degree? No, it'd be a big concern
0: for Kadarius Tony. I think Kelsey right. would be fine because you can line up Kelsey outside. You can do things with Hopkins outside, but Hopkins will probably take on that Juju Smith Schuster role, and then you would still use Marquez Valdes-Scantling to stretch the field, and then you're wondering about what they're going to do with Tony.
1: Okay. I uh... Unrelated note in Kansas City, but we'll get back to Hopkins. But Clyde Edwards Alaire getting a little positive buzz. Are you feeling this at all? Is there is there any room for a rebound, a uh, some kind of rejuvenation or a rebirth for him in Kansas City?
0: If he was just beaten up and beaten down, but like it was just something where maybe he needed a little longer time to recover. Maybe that's a possibility. Um, but I honestly look at him and I think. He's at his best in a role that Kansas City's just not going to use him in, and so he'd be better off in a New England offense as the, as really the um, James White type of back. He'd be an awesome version of a James White back, um, where you can use him out of the backfield or even what they're what the 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 Lions or the um, Eagles will now do with. Um, DeAndre Swift I think he can do some things like that as a receiver um, but as an every down back I'm just not feeling that
1: I'm not feeling that either DeAndre Hopkins as a Buffalo Bill are you feeling that
0: I'm I'm pretty I'm feeling that pretty good I think that that's one where the Bills will probably find to make a way to to sign him and and work out their contracts now you've got some younger guys but Gabriel Davis he's going to be gone next year I don't think they're going to hang with him you know khalil Shakur, they've got another two or three years with him that they can probably you know see what they've got and and let him sit a little bit or use him as a small end contributor justin shorter's not ready for that that type of uh you know prime time look so having hopkins and Diggs and then using kincaid in there with Dawson Knox you've got a lot of things you can do to make this offense multiple and hard to predict and then you add James Cook to the mix as well so there's a lot of guys who can play multiple positions on the field of the of the players I mentioned and Hopkins is certainly one of them so I'm feeling that idea but I'm not sure I I wouldn't be surprised if
1: he ends up somewhere else Right, and we'll talk about that. Just Let's look at DeAndre Hopkins himself. I want to see if you're feeling what our friend Doug Ferraro wrote at USA Today. Uh, looking at what Hopkins has left in the tank. Uh, as a, a slot yak monster with a killer sense of zone coverage, quite a lot. As a true ex-ISO guy, maybe not so much. Feeling that? Um, yeah, I can see that.
0: I think that, you know, you watched him last year and he was a monster from the slot. And in... And really, you can line them up anywhere you want in compressed areas of the field. So, if it's going to be inside the twenty, inside the twenty-five, if you want to put them in, the, if you want to put them as an X and win one-on-one in that short area of the field where it's going to be more of a contested catch, it'll be just fine. If you want to run certain types of contested, you know, fade routes with Hopkins on the outside, I think that'll be okay too um or certain type of routes where you can drag him across the field on over routes he'd still be able to to earn some of that off of play action where you can scheme him open a bit but yeah one-on-one where you want him to run the timing routes of the the deep out the deep comeback you know slants maybe you know depending on where you are on the field that might be a little bit more of an issue but i think that overall you got to understand that deandre hopkins has old man game He always had old man game. He's very wily in terms of being able to basically follow you and get away with it. And he knows how to do that better than anybody on the offensive side of the football. And I think that's going to last for him for a couple of years. But slot, easy pick for him in the slot.
1: So So where is the ideal landing spot and why isn't it the New York football Giants?
0: Oh wow, um, Daniel Jones? No, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I like Daniel Jones enough, but it that would be a good spot for New, for him in New York. And I think that the but the only issue is that they have a lot of guys who play the slot already. They do. So they really need somebody who can be a, a straight up number one for them. And Hopkins maybe is a better you know number two who sometimes poses as a number one right now. So for a team like the Cleveland Browns, now we're talking. Because now you have a quarterback he's super familiar with and Man. has produced at a high rate. You have a, you already have your ex in Amari Cooper who can be your top route runner. Donald Peoples-Jones is leaving next year. They're not going to renew his contract. And he's okay, but Hopkins would be an upgrade there. Or you can move him in the slot and just say, Well, David Bell, that was a nice little short experiment. Um <laughs> You know, maybe there was more to you there, but if we can get Hopkins in there right now, we'll cut you loose and and we'll have basically Hopkins, Amari Cooper, um, Don Peoples-Jones, and Cedric Tillman, along with Elijah Moore also. So Elijah Moore is the other guy that you look at that because he's getting a lot of love too. So to me, it would be really the Cooper- Elijah Moore, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. would be the the trio there.
1: Moore can play outside as well as inside too. So, yeah. um, and by the way, you've just convinced me. Fuck the Giants, of feeling the Browns, and also uh, would love that just so I could finally get rid of those David Bell shares that will probably exist on my Dynasty rosters. You're welcome. Without, <laughs> without some intervention like that, sorry. So uh, let's move on to to what this means for Arizona's offense. What does this, you know, tell us when they? They could have waited a week, right, and released him and spread that $22 million over two years, $11 million a year. They're taking that hit all this year. They're keeping him as a pre-June 1 cut. Um, what does it say about the Cardinals' office? Are we feeling the tank?
0: Yes, totally feeling the tank. You know, I think that this is a, you know, Colin Murray's going to be out for half the year. I mean, you look at that, you know, I think he'll be out for at least
1: half the year. Um, Stop right there, then. Let's do this, then. Uh, Feeling Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams as the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals in 2024? (laughs) That's
0: a great question. I think they'll (laughs) be trying to trade Kyler Murray. I don't know how many takers there will be and who who those takers might be. Um, So... Yeah, Caleb, I am I'm, I'm kind of 50/50 on that one. I I would say I could see I, I I'll say um I'll say fuck it that they're going to keep Kyler Murray just because the Cardinals are going to feel like they're too invested after they've already spent a right, lot of money Right, they got Josh Rosen
1: and then Kyler Murray, both. Ah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do that again. Maybe they do it. Maybe they do, but I'm I I don't think that's going to happen. I um so, wow. I don't know, man. That's a tough one for me. What do you think?
1: Uh I think they're I think they're moving on. I think I don't know if it'll be Caleb. It. I think I think they're just this is a total rebuild. This is the sign of the big tank. Uh letting, the way they're handling this move. Also, you know, that doesn't mean there won't be some opportunities for fantasy managers to leverage that early this year. I think James Conner is the way to do that. Feel it or fuck it on your end. Yeah, I'm
0: you know, right now, I would I would definitely want to trade James Connor is if I could. Um, but at the same time, you could see this situation working out where the Cardinals are basically in Lions mode from two years ago, and Connor gets a lot of receptions and winds up being a um, a reasonably good fantasy value because he he's basically a in the DeAndre Swift role but a better runner. Um, so I could, I I would say I'm feeling that the Cardinals to me, I'm just, honestly, I'm kind of like, fuck it, stay away from most of, most of your Cardinals, unless they're the slot receiver, unless they're receivers, like, you know, and I think that the receivers I deal with as long as the values there.
1: Right, so uh, that brings me up to a free square play. Obviously, you're not gonna have to pay for this guy. Michael Wilson, is he is in a, you know, just want to get a rookie in here? Is he in a position to have a legitimate role this year?
0: Oh, I think he is, because I think he's the one most likely to have a shot to replace DeAndre Hopkins in terms of in the lineup. Now, in terms of the volume and production, it's gonna be a little bit of a ways off. But Wilson is that inside outside type of receiver. He can beat you on slants a lot like Michael Thomas, but you can also work him in the middle of the field and. Get a lot of um two-way goes but on the outside he's very good as also at beating guys so to me he's a i've said he's a spinning image of michael thomas even down to the injury um the only difference is that dropping passes has been an issue um can he be maybe the third wide third most productive rec- wide receiver in in uh arizona yeah i think he could be the third maybe if he has a strong if he really cleans up his hands maybe he could be the second most productive and remember I mean Marquise Brown can't you know can he stay healthy is he gonna want to stay healthy when they're tanking um, is he gonna want to be elsewhere I mean there's gonna be opportunities for guys Greg Dorch is gonna play hard because he's gone from nothing to something and wants to continue to do that Rondell Moore question mark there a little bit from that game you know what what he can offer um, so I would say Wilson will certainly be in a position as no worse than the fourth option in this wide receiver core.
1: Yeah, just uh, for those looking for more information on this, check out the uh, RSB the post-draft edition of the rookie scouting portfolio where I'm looking right now and I'm looking at the tier. Love the tier cheat sheet, Matt Wallman. Uh, very well done. So everyone go uh, go make that purchase and check that out at mattwallman.com. All right, uh, so uh, let's move on. There's another big story this week or an emerging story at least that kind of, well, I think we plumbed the depths of, of poor DeAndre Hopkins. Let's now do the same with the Jimmy G. Damn you, Jimmy G. So turns out there was a foot surgery in March. And if you recall, when he signed his contract or he was signed with the Raiders, they had a big press conference called. They were gonna announce his arrival and then it was put off some for some period of time. They said, no big deal, just working through some minor issues. Well, the minor issue was they inserted a big-ass clause at the end of that contract that basically says, uh, they can kiss his ass goodbye without any ado or owing him any money if that foot is not fine. Also, right now that foot is not fine. He's not ready to take part in OTAs, and I guess they're hopeful he's ready for training camp. Uh, feeling Jimmy Garoppolo as it sits now as the Raiders' week one starter.
0: Yes, but only because I am I can totally see how that the Raiders will fuck this up and Jimmy Garoppolo will be gone by like week four um or they'll be leaning on him to be ready for week 1 he's not and then they have to cut him and they, and they have a clause where like you said they can kiss him goodbye if he fails the physical again um cuz he didn't pass the first physical apparently um so yeah he's a you know this team to me it was a bunch of Patriots rejects that that Josh McDaniels was bringing in, and either he's leading with his ego or he just wants to destroy every AFC football team that's not the Patriots by either, you know, saying he'll coach them and then reversing course um, or by, you know, just being, you know, the pleasant personality that he is with young players or, you know, you know and, and jettisoning them or players in their prime and jettisoning them. So, yeah, I'll say... I'm still going to project Garoppolo's a week one starter, all humor aside. Um, but obviously he's got to be in a tier for you where you're putting him below guys like Mac Jones.
1: Right. A hundred percent agree with that. That's what I'm feeling here. Uh, handsome though. He is Jimmy Garoppolo has moved out of QB two territory for me, which is where he was right. The, you know, even if it was at the tail end, I'd probably now rather take a chance on the upside of Jordan love or, you know, uh, just the uncertainty there. So well, let's make a uh, live in a pretend world because it's, he
0: could do work week. in West Hollywood, though. You He's know. A very good-looking man. Could... Um,
1: so, the, you know, we're, we're at the tail. You know, look, we're just getting into O.K.s here, so we're going to play a little pretend. If Jimmy G is gone, Brian Hoyer, currently number two on the depth chart, as the starter if Garoppolo isn't
0: for at least half the season and they would i think aiden o'connell would probably be the guy that they would want to take a look at and it would just be a lost season and Devontae adams would probably be traded at this point too and then you'd have a very miserable hunter renfro and though he'd probably get a lot of looks he just might get creamed you know with the amount of with the type of throws he's going to receive
1: by the way uh you know Devontae adams uh, criticism of the front office now becomes a little bit into a little clearer light here and uh, their willingness to cut him some slack because clearly they fucked up or I don't know if they fucked up it, clearly this is not an ideal circumstance so let's let's take it out Tom Brady uh now you know they've confirmed is uh, buying a small percentage of this team he would be the owner it would be hard for him difficult for him to be uh, permitted he would take a unanimous vote of the league were he an owner a part owner uh, to come back and play and I'm not sure all those AFC West teams would give him that vote. But again, we're living in a make we believe world at the end of May. Tom Brady as a potential starter in for the Raiders this season.
0: I I would say no, but I'd say that the AFC North would vote for it just so that they could beat his ass. And um and say that they've they've been able to take it out on an owner. Um, because the AFC North would be that kind of division that would do that. But um other than that, I think the rest of them would probably wimp out and just say, no, we're not we don't want him to be anything but an owner at this you stage.
1: Know, this has got to be like a two edged sword, because obviously if you are the NFL and you're looking to maximize your merchandising and value and uh, audience and eyeballs and things like that, Tom Brady would as a, the Raiders quarterback would certainly get you there but i think it's unrealistic but something that might be i don't know if it's realistic but something worthy of uh merits my thoughts here uh trey lance as a potential raider
0: i'm feeling the idea of getting him out of san francisco but i'm not sure going across the bay to josh mcdaniel's the you know is the greatest thing i mean tom brady in In terms of like guys who would work well with Josh McDaniel, I'm totally feeling Tom Brady because he's the one that will just yell at him and make him kind of tell him to sit down shut up and let him run what's going on and McDaniel won't is used to that with Brady, but I think McDaniel otherwise is a bit of a bully in terms of how he handles things and unless he's bullied back by somebody who has a you know a track record um he just runs roughshod over people and i don't think trey lance is in a position to be able to just tell him fuck you and sit down and let me do my job um you know the the only young player that i think would probably have done that who you know i i haven't been paid by him lately so i've got to say chad kelly but you know he's been kicked out of the league um you know at least for the, for at least a certain amount of time where they did Cannon want him back yeah, Rich Gannon would have done it. You know, we need somebody who basically will stand up to Josh McDaniel and just say, Listen, just shut up, sit down, and let me do my job. You know, call the right play. What the fuck was that play that you called out? You know, things that Tom Brady says to him at the sideline and then they and they're okay with working it out because he'll install a good structure. Josh McDaniels will but you need somebody who's going to execute it and tell him to keep his hands off and not micromanage everything and I think Brady's that guy Lance isn't remotely that guy maybe in 10 years Lance would be that guy um, but we need somebody who's going to be a good um, provide a good ground for him to work with and Oakland ain't it.
1: Okay we've discussed some things in some of these recent uh, Field or podcast so we're going to go to uh, clean up on aisle running back and uh, and circle around on a couple of these that that seem to be shifting in a different direction. Dalvin Cook. The latest reporting is Jeremy Fowler suggesting that the, the Vikings are trying to find a way to, you know, and, and Cook trying to find a way to keep him there in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook remaining a Viking uh feel it or fuck it
0: absolutely feeling it because they probably had rookie minning camps took a look at Dwayne McBride and realized (laughs) that he wasn't the guy that some people are saying that he is um and they need or they need a running back one that they didn't get cheaply and they're leading with offense this year I mean their defense is gonna probably be just as bad as it was last year so they need every bit of personnel on offense to to have a shot to make the playoffs and it's a strong offense
1: yeah, fair enough and, and i tend to agree with that joe mixon uh seems like i mean there doesn't seem to be any movement now maybe there's some legal issues that are going to rise nobody seems to be too worried about them or too worried about a suspension like what we are with alvin Kamara. Uh, so joe mixon if he remains a bengal feeling him as a seriously underpriced asset
0: yeah I, I would be feeling him there because you know chase brown could do work for you if you needed him to but he's not Joe Mixon he's he's a he's a rung below Mixon as a talent at least a rung below and they don't have anybody else after that who's even remotely in the same class as those two if you ask me I don't even think I if Travion Williams is starting for you um you don't have a running game in the NFL at this point um and so looking at it from this perspective I think that that the Bengals would have cut Joe Mixon if it was either super serious at this stage, um, at the early stage of it was, or if they thought he was lying to them. Because um, as we learned, you know, you know, last week with with the with our replacement Daniel Harms last week, you know, Kareem Hunt, yeah. Kareem Hunt um, you know, basically lied to Andy Reid and that's why he got cut. So right. I think that the Bengals will stand behind Mixon as long as he's honest with them about what happened and they know that they'll just deal with the suspension and go on.
1: Yeah. Katie Blackburn. I think the, it's worth noting the language has changed considerably. Katie Blackburn speaking at a, I think I want to say a March owners meeting, you know, kind of said it was a wide open, you know, range of possible outcomes and subsequent Zach Taylor more recently, it seems like more certain that he's going to be there. So I'll just note that Dalvin cook going as a uh, running back 15 right now in current best ball and ADP, uh, and Joe Mixon 16 or 17 uh, right there. So I think there's something to be had there. Uh, by the way, Tony Pollard is going as running back 14 right now. Are you feeling Tony Pollard is potentially a top 10 running back this year?
0: I am. And I think it's mainly because as long as – I just don't – I see him being the type of guy that the Cowboys may wear out in the next year or two um, in terms of trying to give him as much um, – as much of the ball and many targets as possible. I don't see Deuce Vaughn taking over Pollard's role, uh, you know, and Pollard taking over Elliott. I think it's going to be more of Pollard's going to get probably most of the touches. And Vaughn is, you know, I would be surprised if Vaughn turns into the Pollard of this offense from, you know, two, three years ago. I'll put it that way.
1: Right, I'm totally feeling them running the wheels off. I think, though, the NFL's view of running backs is convincing me that all these players that are currently on their franchise tag or to near the end of their contract, they're just going to get run into the dirt and it'll be on to the next thing. And so we'll see what that next thing is. By the way, related Cowboys uh, question for you. Are you feeling the Cowboys offense with Mike McCarthy as a play caller? <laughs> um, if, if Dak Prescott is at the stage of his
0: career that says, fuck you, Mike Martz. This is what we're doing. And, and you called and him I, Mike Martz. I did. Didn't I, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Jay Cutler saying, fuck you, Mike Martz on a, on Fair Monday not. night football. <laughs> um, so if he's in the Jay Cutler stage, but not quite smoking on the sideline yet, then I think, I think that this could work. If Dak Prescott has a strong enough personality to handle Mike McCarthy's play calling and make some changes and there's some flexibility to it. And I think, I think it'll be okay. So I'm feeling it because I think the personnel is good enough and there's enough veterans on that team that they'll be able to push back.
1: Okay, the other side of that coin, uh Kellen Moore goes to Los Angeles to run the Chargers offense. Do you feel like he'll get the he'll maximize the value of Justin Herbert in this offense?
0: Um I think there's potential there for that. Yeah. And again, this is another good personnel um you know, rich team um And I think Herbert wasn't so awful last year. So, I mean, I think, you know, say game on point, what they're probably saying is, is he going to be up there with Patrick Mahomes and and Josh Allen? And I think the answer is no. I think he was a better quarterback than than maybe folks like myself um, thought he would be. But I don't think he's as good of a quarterback as people are thinking he should be right now.
1: Right, I want to say that that impressive rookie year is impressive that it was. Uh, I think he, I think they led the, the league in pass attempts. So uh, their volume matters, people. They I don't know set, if didn't get...
0: they have seven hundred passes? No, that was that was Tampa Bay last year. That seven hundred pass attempts. Yeah,
1: so it, it was a high number though. So yeah. um, so I'm kind of with you here. I you know you know I think the view is that we uh, need to get Justin Herbert back on track. You should remember he was playing with a serious rib injury for a good portion of the year and and without both his top wide receivers on the field at the same time when all those things seemed to go away, Justin Herbert was just fine. I think he'll be just fine this year and I think he'll get a little value that's what I'm feeling not fucking Justin Herbert feeling him friends that's for sure Patriots offense rebound rebounding under bill O'Brien
0: yep I'm feeling that i am totally feeling that idea um you know exactly it is a low bar if i say if i say rebounding to tom brady heights no fuck that but if i say um moving back in the direction that would look like mac jones was moving in as a rookie at least for half the year i'm feeling that idea for sure um you know uh, O'Brien is certainly a good play caller. You could argue that I'm sure there's the argument made that they probably tanked a bit with their choice of play callers to get Bill O'Brien again. Um, so maybe there was maybe there's a little bit of that there. But I, the, the big thing is the receiving core. I think Juju smith is a good replacement for um, you know, Jacoby Myers. I still don't think they figured out their outside receivers um, and that means that they have two slot receivers and and Kayshawn Boudet and, and Juju Smith-Schuster that I kind of like. Tyquan Thornton, can he make the next step? Maybe. If he does, that'll be good because Devontae Parker is who he is. Right. We know who he is, which is one step forward, two steps back in terms of fantasy production. So
1: I, need, I desperately need Tyquan Thornton not to be another one of those receivers on my roster that I can't cut even though he's horrible.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, how about this way? I'm barely feeling it. That's the best ah. way to put it. How about
1: you? i uh, barely feeling it as well. Okay. Um, I'm totally fucking with the Miami Dolphins backfield for fantasy purposes, except they're so damn cheap. I mean, you're looking at, the, you know, running back 40 beyond range for all three of these guys, and by all three of them, I mean Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., and Devin A. Chain. So, how are you feel what's your view on the Miami backfield for fantasy purposes? You
0: know, when I said I'm holding up three, pick the one in the middle. That's Jeff Wilson, I think for me. Okay. Um, you know, but uh, maybe he's the one that the people are leading with, but I like I like Jeff Wilson in terms of uh in terms of his skill set, I think he's the most reliable, he's probably the most durable. Um You know, he's the one best fit to run between the tackles and really understands the system at a high level. You know, Mostert and A-Chain are are kind of interchangeable if A-Chain can maintain the weight that you want him to, to have, which is 195. That's what he's weighing in at right now, but is he going to maintain that weight? Because I remember Ronnie Hillman weighing in in the 190s and then he was in the 170s by like, you know, middle of the the first season and they felt like they couldn't roll with him that way. So, yeah, Wilson's Wilson's the guy. And then if both A-Chain and Mostert can't hold up, remember Christopher Brooks. That's all I'm going to say is as a guy, you can get off the waiver wire. I'm feeling the potential for him making this club and hanging on there.
1: I've just made note of this. Thank you, Matt Wallman, for that. Okay, uh, so looking at the rookie, incoming rookie quarterbacks, we've kind of discussed them over the course of time. I mean, it's becoming increasingly apparent that Anthony Richardson is being set up to be the opening day starter. Bryce Young seems to be on a similar trajectory. I think C.J. Stroud will be, but, you know, sounds like he's not guaranteed. Where are you at on C.J. Stroud as a opening day starter?
0: I'm I'm feeling whatever they decide they want to do with him on this end, I think that, you know, they've got enough talent in Davis Mills and Case Keenum to to basically roll and give CJ Stroud a little bit more time. They've a lot of young receivers on that core, so that's kind of a, a tough thing to deal with too. Another new offense, right? I think. So yeah. I, I just I think it's probably best to have in some experience under center before Stroud gets in there and give him a little bit more time. So I'm feeling that idea.
1: All right, fair enough. I'm, yeah, I, I feel like, why would, you, why would you draft these guys and not start them? That's where I'm at on, on pretty much all the rookies. I mean, we've seen the path to Super Bowl success even. Uh, and that ball got rolling basically in Seattle a number of years ago when Russell Wilson was allowed to compete with Matt Flynn, the high price free agent, beat him out. And subsequently they were able to build around Russell Wilson and build a successful program so we'll close out today with some Russell Wilson talk uh and I'll frame it like this but basically the question is so leaner and meaner is what he's claiming he is now he's leaner and meaner is that the new let's ride Russell Wilson is this going to be a derisive thing we use or or will Russell Wilson rebound and and make us all forget all the nonsense
0: I think they'll always be grumbling with him because, you know, they, they don't think he's cool. So, um, but I'll put it to you this way. It, it's very possible that part of the Russell Wilson problem, in addition to his, his coaching staff last year and young players, it was that maybe he wasn't in great shape. Um, and maybe he did get a little sloppier with his play. Or and he was or a little banged up. I think that the the margin for error is so narrow for pro players, especially at the quarterback position, that I'm willing to give Russell Wilson a mulligan and say it was a down year. You know, I mean, they've been trying for years. I kept hearing people make excuses for him in the same way that like he was Baker Mayfield or you know you know, where they would be like, well, he's not great in the pocket. He was, And they compare him where he needs guardrails. He didn't need guardrails like Baker Mayfield had guardrails, you know. And, and Or Jimmy Garoppolo needed certain types of guardrails. So I, I think really it comes down to that um, I think Russell Wilson will be sharper. He'll have a better um, coordinator, you know, coach overall. And I think this is going to work out for them it may not be he may not return to top five production but I think he'll be a top 12 quarterback um this year
1: yeah I'll change it. you know you, you've been mentioning you know in terms of Josh McDaniel needing a, a quarterback who will come in and tell him what to do I think Russell Wilson needs a coach who will come in and tell him what to do Sean Payton will tell him what to do yes and uh, that we will have those contentious conversations from the other side in this case so and he I'm had success
0: him. he had success with right. Breeze and all I right. think Breeze and Wilson have a lot of similarities to their games, even though people will want to tell you otherwise. Um, but you know, I think Wilson is much closer to Breeze than he is Baker Mayfield. So,
1: all right, and we're much closer being done than we were when we started. So let's call it a day. Again, uh, hope everyone's having a great holiday. Take a minute to think about uh, the reason you're you're out there having a good time, and uh, uh, price was paid for that. And uh, don't overlook it. We don't. Uh, and uh, had a great time. Love you, Matt. We'll talk next week. Love you.